I wanted to quit professional wrestling. I wanted to quit my life. Look me in the eyes when I say this. That email made me want to kill myself. And then, and then I realized that if I did, then you and all the naysayers would win, and I couldn't have that. Now could I, Will? No, no. And now here we are, and my God, have the tables turned. The year is 2022, and you are nothing more but a sad, withered old man who got fired! Who got fired. And now you have snuck into my company like a flea-ridden rat by sticking to talents far better than you ever were, like a succubus. And you know who I am? I'm MJF. Oh yeah. I'm the 26-year-old kid who's on top of this business. I'm a generational talent. And I'm also the man who your former employers now would be willing to take several human lives simply to get me to put pen to paper in the bidding war of 2024. I want you to look at me nice and good when I say this, Regal. I read that email every single day, but not not to put a chip on my shoulder, no, no. I read that email whenever I need a good, hearty laugh. Because that's what you've become to me, Will. Nothing more than a joke. And you know who I'm about to become? The AEW Champion of the World! Because my name is Maxwell Jacob Friedman! And I'm better than you, and you know it! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Never Open Podcast, the podcast open to everyone, especially uh, Jody Whittaker, who, by the time I wake up, it's 10 p.m. for me, will no longer be Doctor Who. So, yeah. Anyway, my name's Luke. I am your host of the Never Open Podcast, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Guy. Say hello, Mr. Andy. Hey, my name's Mr. Andy, and I heard a rumor that the new Doctor Who is going to be Hans Neiman because he's going to own everything, including Doctor Who, when he's done suing everybody over the, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I could just see him comically putting uh, anal beads in a Dalek. And he's, he's giggling like Judge Reinhold and Eddie Murphy in the Clerks cartoon. <laughs> and he's uh, he's got uh, the, you know, little decorations, little like, you know, insignia that's on the, the screwdriver. And we know what it is, you know. Beads activate. (laughs) Wow. That's a great start. And yes, everyone, we are going to talk some New Japan Pro Wrestling. We're actually in the time machine for these episodes because New Japan was really late in putting these two shows up. The uh, Royal Quest, Nights 1 and 2, we will be covering those. And also, just to break it up a bit in the middle... Mr. Guy, Mr. Guy got to go to AEW, the uh, the last episode that aired, so we get to hear all about that. Dynamite. 
Dynamite. That's <laughs> <laughs> like you have to. You have to, right? Every time. All right. Before we do that, though, let's get some professional stuff done, Mr. Andy. And that is people can contact us or interact with us if they wish to. We are on the Tweety. I am at Grumpy2EB. Mr. Guy is at Trucifer Tweets. Collectively, we are at Never Open Pod. And if you want to send us a written or voice email, you can. NeverOpenPod at gmail.com. Also, if you want to look at the verse 5, uh, buy our stuff. We've got a Teespring store. It looks awesome. Do it. Get it. Thank you. Professionalism yeah. is my job. Yeah, please do that. Now, I hate to do this. I mean, we, you know, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff we like, you know, but we yeah. have to talk about something that's not so happy right now. And maybe, maybe it'll end up, you know, being a good thing in the end. But Luke, what, what is this never title? What happened? Where is it? What's going on? Yeah. So well, where we left off, it was like, well, he's booked on a day in Saudi Arabia on the same day he's supposed to be, well, in Japan, defending his never open title. So, yeah. And then you've got what I think it was, you sent me the tweety of the president of New Japan reassuring everyone that uh, ever, that uh, that title will be defended or something like that on the day. Oh, he was just That's like, cool. hey, we expect our wrestlers to show up when they're booked. So, like, yep. you know, it'd be great if he had put something in there like, you know, I think the lights will be on and they will be bright. So, you know, something along those lines, that would have been fun. But, you know, the New Japan president guy, he's not going to get in a storyline. I wish he would. No, I don't think he will. Do you think he'll <laughs> do you think what will happen is if, if Carl doesn't turn up, do you think the president will come out with a never open title and just be like, yeah, we're stripped him and. Uh, yep. Yeah, I don't think they'll have a new belt, but, you know, I think that... And then Hikaleo will be fighting, and then Ishii's music hits, and Ishii's now... You know what, I've said this before, but it's been a while. Whenever Ishii's music hits, something immediately pops into my brain. And what it is, and I want it in his Titantron. It's like you hear the dog, right? And then you hear the harpsichord. And then on the screen... You see Ishii in a powdered wig sitting behind a harpsichord playing that that like, theme. <laughs> That's what I want so bad. I think that would be so fucking funny. I always imagine him dressed up like Beethoven and playing the harpsichord, which, you know, technically harpsichords are still around, but really the pianoforte moved in, you know, to the prominence of the you know keyboard instruments. So maybe right. I should say uh, I should say Mozart. Maybe he's dressed like Mozart or, you know. Bach or somebody like that. Well, Baroque music instead of the Romantic period. You know, Luke. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's why I don't need to add anything. I think he covered it all. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, I think the other major bit of news, uh, the Wild Rhino was back. So that's pretty cool. Wow. He's, he's yeah. like, I'm back from injury. My back is fucked up. It sure is. But it's better now. But let me wrestle Suzuki. Yeah. <laughs> A bad idea. Yeah, he's going to get kicked in the back a few times, I think. <laughs> you can guarantee yeah, it, I right? Don't, I don't think pile drivers are good for your back. <laughs> I mean, no. that's that stack of dimes you call a back. Is it, is it nickels when you get down towards the back? The neck is dimes, the, the back is nickels. I don't know. I don't know, man. That's all American dollar dues. 
We yeah. Do that here. No. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yep. it's, it's tough. It's tough. So, oh, yeah. by the way, I, I am uh, gonna buy. <laughs> I'm gonna buy some yen while it's down. <laughs> so I'm gonna go to my bank tomorrow and be like, hey, can I get some yen and see how that goes? That's gonna be interesting. Okay. You have a yen for yen, is what you're telling me. Yeah, well, but then I'm going to get dollary dues for yen. That'll be, don't tell anybody, but they'll be like worth more in like a few months. And then I'll like trade them in and get some more dollary dues. And then maybe I'll, you know, who knows? We'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, Luke, this, uh, you know, tell me about your feelings, you know, because that's really what this show's about. We talk about like what happened in matches, but really it's about how we feel and how they make us feel. So how did it make you feel? when you finally got to see Royal Quest, because you were pretty upset about it. I I enjoyed it, but m- most of the important matches had already been spoiled because of live shows that New Japan had already put on. Plus, you know, having a tag team that is like the champ ch- champs everywhere who are, you know, signed primarily with AEW. They're going to show up on AEW. And the commentators are going to say stuff like, oh, and just coming from a successful win in England, I'm just like, oh, for fuck's sake, it hasn't even come out here yet. You know? I, during one of the shows, like, they, even, they even said something like, oh, thank goodness, now we now that Royal Quest is out, we don't have to worry about spoilers anymore. And it's like, motherfuckers, you never worried about spoilers. No. No, they did not. <laughs> and... You, you could just tell, like, when Naito's coming out to have a thing against uh, Osprey, you're just like, oh, he beat Zack Sabre. Oh, okay, thanks. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, well, yeah. Did that ruin the show for you? Did you absolutely hate it because you knew what was going to happen? No, I had a great time. I, I, excuse me, scratch myself. I had a great time. I think. Uh, <laughs> okay. Sorry. I was itchy. Uh, I think, yeah, it was good. It was a good time. I think I enjoyed watching Night One more, mostly because we, you and I, watched it together and had an awesome tag match. But uh, there's a lot to like about Night Two as well. Okay, all right. Well, Luke, this, you um, I, you know, doesn't matter. You know, it's more about what I think. <laughs> no one cares how I feel. Uh, <laughs> the night. So this place that they had Royal Quest or. Royale with Quest is what I've been calling it. And um, it's uh, <laughs> it's at the National Sports Center at Crystal Palace in South London. That's the that's at the bottom in England. It, it's a it's a large sports center and an outdoor athletic stadium, a.k.a. tennis courts. And uh, it was opened in 1964 in Crystal Palace Park, close to the site of the former Crystal Palace Exhibition Building, which has been destroyed in a fire in 1936. Who set that? asshole and it's on the same site as the former fa cup final venue that was used here between 1895 and 1914 footy is that old i didn't know yeah, that damn it's, it's very old that's wow. fine you know it's like the as soon as a caveman figured out they could roll a rock around like footy was born right that's what happened so soccer is um, so boring man i, I agree like it's okay yeah it's guys guys running around you know i it's like the field should be a lot smaller. You know, if we can make the field like half the size and get rid of that stupid rule where there has to be a defender besides the goalie in between you and the goal. Oh, the offside rule. Oh it ruins. God. Yeah, it's like, okay, cool. So the exciting part is illegal. 
Like the, it's against the rules to do the exciting thing that you want to see. Okay, cool. Great. It's like if wrestling, you know, was like, listen, you can't go to the top rope anymore. If it was like Bill Watts and WCW, you know, but uh, let's see here. So this uh, was one of five national sports centers that uh, run on behalf of Sport England, but responsibility was transferred to the London Development Agency, now GLA Land and Property. And it's managed by Greenwich. It's it's spelled Greenwich, but I know it's in, it's pronounced Greenwich. Uh, Leisure yeah. Limited under the Better Brand logo. Very important. Now, the athletic stadium is a capacity of 15,500, which can be increased to 2,400 with temporary seating. Interesting, because this place had like 2,100, and they kept saying... They kept saying the 21, and I kept thinking it was 21,000, but it's like 2,100 that they were had here. So um, here's the important part. There have been state, there's been concerts here, all right, as well as sporting events on, you know, the uh, tennis courts. And artists such as Bruce motherfucking Springsteen, Coldplay, all right, the Sex Pistols, and then my favorite group of this uh, group of bands, Depeche motherfucking mode. Oh, nice. I, I love the. I just can't get enough. I just can't get enough. <laughs> and uh, to me, it looks like a tennis venue. Now, Luke, how did you feel about the camera situation, the, the overall presentation of Royal Q? <laughs> I think it annoyed you more than it did me, but I kind of got used to it after a while and then I just went along with it. But there's a lot of moving around when a lot of the times I'm just like, can you stay still, please? I just want to try and watch the wrestling here. Don't move. I was worried. If this was live, I would have called, like, the local hospital and said, hey, send the ambulance over. The, the camera guy's having seizures, you know? <laughs> like he was I thought you were going to say more. You call me drinking coffee. But, yeah, and I would say – I'm very happy that like these two England shows don't have any of the problems the multiple, multiple, multiple American shows have had. Like we can see a piece of a window from uh, like someone's desktop on half the screen or the sound, it doesn't work or <laughs> something like that. Anything like that. This show didn't have any of those problems. It was, it was pretty smooth. It was good. Now this had, Commentary recorded by Chris Charlton and Kevin Kelly, and they were extra goofy, especially on night two. They were like, oh, we're so bored. Let's talk about whatever. And uh, that's fun. So I'm sure we'll get into that. But because of that, it kind of muted the crowd a little bit. So it was hard to hear, like, the crowd singing and doing their fun stuff, which I love. And it was kind of hard to hear what they were singing unless everyone was doing it at once. So, you know, ooh, ah. Well, Here's what they were singing for at least 75% of the show, uh, the Seven Nation Army, the whole time. Oh, oh yeah. Shut the fuck up. Dude. Du, 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 du. Please shut the fuck up. Yeah. I Sorry, hate that song was, already. Was that song is shit already. And, like, you know, it's funny. At my local sports stadiums, as soon as they go to commercial, that's do, 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 do. And, that, you know what sucks? White Stripes are awesome. That song is yeah. awesome, but it's been ruined by these fuck faces. It has been ruined. If I usually if I listen to Elephant, I just go straight to track two because I'm all kind of tired of hearing Seven Nation Army. 
I like the one where it's like it's like leaves, dirty leaves all over the ground, and that's like the name of it. And it's like it's yeah, a fucking tremendous song. I love it. I know you're not around. That's a good album as yeah. well. Very good. But yeah. <laughs> so let's get Especially. into it. <laughs> yes. Anyone who's heard uh, an episode that we did a few weeks ago will have heard uh, Mr. Reno talk about these two shows, but we're going to spoil the shit out of them now because, uh, well, that's just what we do. And I didn't spot him in the crowd, did you? Um, It's hard to tell. I mean, so many British faces looking back at you. You know, how can I pick yeah. one out of the crowd? You know what I mean? Nope. All the British peoples look the same, I guess. It's, it's funny because I, I would expect Reno to look like Gabe Kidd, but he doesn't, <laughs> you know, because, I mean, when you hear Reno talk, you know, Ian's cousin, Reno, I'm like, oh, my God, he looks just like Gabe Kidd for sure. <laughs> what is uh, his Gabe Kidd looks a little different now. Yeah. So it's their first match is Dan Maloney versus Gabe Kidd. And Gabriel Kidd looks like a skunk in red boots pretty much i think you described him as a football hooligan that's your so, that's your description uh, of him mine. from when we first started the show is that you're like yeah that guy's a fucking soccer hooligan for sure he likes footy <laughs> what? Call you it. never heard of the, the word footy until until me had you like no i had heard it i just i just think it's silly I, you know. I don't hear americans say that often it's it's kind of oh, weird yeah we don't want to make our <laughs> Our tough, strong, you know, sports guys seem like they're playing footy. Play footy, <laughs> footy. Footy is what you play with a girl that you like across the table. You know what I mean? Like you're <laughs> having dinner, you might be playing a little footy with that girl that you like that's sitting across from you, you know, so. I like your use of the word better than else, but, um, you know, mm-hmm. it's too ingrained. Footy it is for life. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I really miss Gabriel Kid. so I hope he's... I hope he's right. Like I hope he's coming coming back to Japan and all that kind of stuff. And I like this match. I don't I don't know what you think about it, but uh, yeah, where am I in my notes? <laughs> <laughs> this is a match that we watched. This is definitely a match. Look, there's some of the stuff just, that's like, eh, you know. By the way, it does say "kid" on the back of kids' trunks in the Motorhead font. So like, I really liked that. Yeah, but he's I a soccer. I don't get it. And he comes out to rap? What? Yeah, what was that? Like, you see his look, and then you see the font on on his butt, and you're just like, this guy's got, like, rock and roll, punk or metal, something written all over him. Yeah, punk! It's like, really bad rap tune. What is that? I don't know, but he should be coming out to, like, oh, yeah, man, and I'll coast. You know, that shit, for sure. (laughs) Well, I don't know Dan Maloney, but he's pretty good. Him and Gabe Kid have a pretty good hard-hitting match, and Gabriel Kid wins, so, yeah. I think all of the wrestlers, for the most part, we'll talk about one of them that maybe isn't so good, but most of the British wrestlers did fantastic and were, like, top-notch. And that's something, you know, if you ever go back and watch the old pro- Progress, Progress, whatever shows, the, the like, match quality's off the charts, and that's just kind of, like, standard for you know, the high-end British uh, indies. So next we had uh, Ricky Knight Jr. Jr. and Michael Oku versus Lord Gideon Gray and the great Okan. And I really enjoyed 
some of the stuff that we got to see from uh, Lord Getting Gray because we got to see him do his heel shtick and get on the mic and, you know, have a little more freedom with that kind of stuff. And he was pretty great. Ricky Knight Jr., Jr., who is Soraya Knight Jr., Jr.'s like sister, brother, cousin, that he comes out <clears throat> and he's wearing like armor of some kind. I don't know. So uh, Lord Greeting Gray comes out in a grace or in a suit to announce um, Great O'Conn. And it's kind of hard to hear the crowd while the entrance music is playing. So the crowd, they cheers uh, Great O'Conn, but they boo Gideon, which is always a good time when they like <laughs> one tag partner in a match, but they hate the other one and they play. It. <laughs> and uh, Great O'Conn, he helps Gideon get shit in on the good guys. And there's a big hot tag to Ricky uh, Jr. Jr. And he does a Caucasian letdown aka the Samoan drop on Great O'Conn and Gideon at the same time, which is pretty great. So that was fun. There's a 450 and a frog splash Location on Gideon. Let down is amazing. Yeah, man. We're we're always letting people down. So and you know, <laughs> so anyway, the but Great O'Conn breaks up the pin. Oku takes out Great O'Conn and Gideon is left alone with uh, uh Knight Jr. Jr. There's an electric chair, uh fire thunder driver for the win. Holy moly. They do crazy moves in, on these shows, which is really fun. Um, but like, you know, I don't know. This was fine. It was nice to see Michael Oku. Yeah. However, I can't wait to talk about him in his next match because he didn't really do much in this one. In the second match that he's in on night two, it's like, oh, okay, I get it. This guy's fucking amazing. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, uh, they do make a point of saying that uh, the Greta Khan has never been pinned or submitted in England, so that'll that's something I'll pay into the, the, the next night. So I like it. Be ongoing thing. Yeah, me too. So next we got the only women's <laughs> match on the card: Ava White and Alex Winter versus a Jazzy. How do you say the safe surname? Gabbert. 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 Right, and Kenji. What? Gabbert. 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 There you go. I'm gonna just gonna call it Jazzy. How's that sound? What? Oh, here's a what, Gabo. Isn't that a Simpsons yeah. reference? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking that as well, and now I can't. I'm thinking. What's he say? What's he say? He says something. He's like, he's I can't. He says the kids are sobs. No, that was sobs. That shit's funny. He got canceled. <laughs> Gabo got canceled. <laughs> he totally got canceled. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. So. There's like four women in this match, and three of them I would like to see more of. Uh, and one, the one person I don't want to see more of is wrestling both nights. Oh. Yeah, yay. Awesome. And that is uh, Ava White. She looks like British Dana Brooke. British oh, Dana that's Dana what I wrote in my notes. Oh, my God. You told me not to steal that. She... I totally stole it. Oh. I'm so sorry. I did. I totally did. But I'm giving yeah. you credit right now so everyone knows that you are a fine and witty gentleman that gives everyone the laughter. So well done. Yeah, you made a joke about Alex Winter being in, uh, you know, the movie where they're like, whoa, you know, that one. So Bill and Ted. Yeah. You know, yeah, but, yeah. And then I was like, really, Lost Boys is a better reference, you know, and you were like, oh, that's got Jack, uh, Jack Bauer in it. And then I was yeah. like, yeah, British Dana Brooke, don't steal that. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Andy's always like, don't steal my shit. 
because that, that it happens. People and people steal his shit. It, it just happened just now. They do. <laughs> you do. Yes. Oh my god. All right. So this match is kind of cool. I wish it was longer. It, it felt pretty pretty short. It was over pretty quick. But uh, yeah, as I said, I, I like I like Jazzy right right away. I messaged you. I was like, this lady looks like she could kill people. I want to see her wrestle that um, lady from NWA, the champ. I don't know if she's still the champ there now, but... Yeah, the lady that doesn't talk. It's like this big, mean lady, but it's like... Yeah, I yeah. like her. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, immediately I thought, like, yeah, I'd like to see her uh, wrestle some, some of the other, other women. So I was like, yep, I want to see more Jazzy. And yeah, so, uh, yeah, I thought Alex Winter was pretty cool too, and she pins Kenji. Yeah, Alex Winter is a good director to direct some movies so uh luke next I'll, I'll get it more into ava white later on when she has her singles match versus uh the alpha uh-huh. female jazzy gabo and uh next we have suzuki goon versus lij and this is like you know super super house showy fun goofy new japan match so naito is like so over right i mean this is probably the biggest reaction that we're you know that we see so far you know yeah and zach saber jr is all pissed at naito for having you know for him existing which makes a lot of sense and there's chance for everyone sonata wants to point in his ear so bad but he can't because he hasn't hit the plancha yet so he's like <laughs> man i want to point so bad but he can't um there's funny tag mind games from both guys and then suzuki goon goes all suzuki goon and they brawl ring post itis on harumu sorry buddy and uh, there are some <laughs> there's some fun paradise lock shenanigans with uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and Sonata. They perform magic together as usual. Yes. And Naito yes. he goes he goes full heel and just comes in and destroys Jack or Zack. His name is Zack. And uh, Zack Sabre Jr. puts him and Sonata in some crazy hold at the same time. Doki gets in and I'm like I heard that Doki was so over. And I think that that was kind of overblown by the internet because I don't, I mean, Doki got one chant in the second match and it was like, oh, Doki's so over. Mm, he did get a chant yeah. or two, but it was kind of weak. So, I mean, try harder. Doki's trying as hard as he can, trust me. So that was bullshit. Um, and actually, Sonata does that accidental low blow on him, which is not okay. And Naito gets all shit in on Doki. He gets daybreak on uh, Doki, gets daybreak on him. And then a Doki chokey on Naito. <clears throat> and I think that was the big reaction. The crowd, there was a Doki chokey chant, which is kind of cool. And uh, there's a Destino. But no, backslide for two. Doki tries some shit, but eats a enos that says e-n-o-s from naito so elbows he eats elbows that's what it means uh there's valentia <laughs> from naito he that destroys dookie and it's oh really scary and awesome and there's a destina for the win and naito and zach saber jr grab each other's ears Hiromu steps in they grab his ears and then he grabs their ears and the rep breaks it all up yep really cool stuff and yeah what was with those doki chants Reno, you should have uh, should have been getting the crowd more hyped up yeah. for Doki. Like, what the hell? All right, so next we've got Ishii and Okada versus a bad dude, Tito, and Zack Knight. So this was originally supposed to be Ishii Okada versus Jonah and bad dude Tito, but it was, what was it, a hurricane or something in Florida or whatever? Yeah. Where, where seemingly every Western wrestler lives. They all just all live in Florida now some fucking reason i don't know 
anyway, uh, we got a replacement, and that's Zach Knight. And I thought, this match is pretty good, but I don't know much about Zach Knight. I felt sorry for the well, guy, though, because every time he gets an offense, the crowd just boos the shit out of him. He's a heel. And uh, he's the brother from Fighting With My Family, that movie. Oh, okay. That, yeah, that Kevin Kelly can't help but reference on night two. We'll talk about that. But, uh, yeah, oh, that's, yeah. Uh, it, you know, and there's a, there's an old review on the Road Home From Wrestling podcast. That's the first movie review we ever did. It's our most popular one other than MacGruber. So uh, that's a really good one to listen to if you want to learn more about Zack Knight and fighting with that. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, so that makes a lot more sense now. But yeah, he he gets he makes the most out of the opportunity. Though. He bumps hard, gets some good offense in in with uh, Okada and Ishii, but he takes a brainbuster and uh, he loses. So nice, Luke. Um, do you think? Yeah. See, one thing about this that was kind of like it wasn't surprising, but it was like, oh, okay, I didn't really realize this. This is not a very Japanese show. You know, it's like half Japanese, half British. And I mean, in the style of the wrestling and the style of the matches and stuff like that. So, you know, it's it's interesting to see someone like Zack Knight, who maybe doesn't wrestle a Japanese style, kind of do a little bit of that, but also mix in the British stuff. So I don't know. That part was interesting. Um, but after this match, we had a, a, a little a little we had a large man show up. Did you see this? Do you know about this? Oh, yes. Did you hear about this? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah because of jonah not being able to travel that, um, that means there's a, it's an opening for an extra match i guess on the on the card so yoda suji comes out and challenges ishii for night two and oh boy i can't wait to talk to you about that match mr andy it was great yes definitely and and it's interesting he has this smile he looks like a baby face or maybe a heel thinks he's the baby face and i'm like oh i love that so that was i was really <laughs> happy to see suji so um next we had tanahashi hikaleo Jado, and tamatanga versus jay whito gato carl anderson and luke gallows Jado is all mad at gato and makes someone hold him back which is really funny and then as soon as they the person isn't holding them back he doesn't want to fight anymore and i thought that was pretty funny <laughs> Uh, Tanahashi has to teach the crowds how to cheer for him, and it's pretty sad. It's like, oh. And uh, this is a match that I watched. Um, we get to see the worst high-fi flow I've ever seen in my life on Gato for the yeah. win. It was, in fact, just high. It didn't fly or flow. <laughs> yeah, that was about the uh, length of my notes as well, mate. So, yeah. <laughs> that was bad. I didn't send you that yeah. joke. So, no. <laughs> so, so Red, Red Shoes comes out and like the crowd just immediately starts like singing songs to him and it's great. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Not that Very one. Good. Like good songs. Dead leaves in the city ground. Yep. All right. So next we've got Shooter Umino versus uh, the Willy Man and uh, Will Ospreay. Uh, I thought this was a fucking great match with an awesome story that I think this match answers. Well, you, you, you had to address the whole father-son thing. You had to do it early as well. You know, you couldn't draw it out. So I'm glad they do that with this match. So I thought it was, it was fucking awesome. The ending is sudden, but it's perfect as well. Like, and I think... 
And uh, Shooter does a move, and this is like, I think that's my new favorite neckbreaker. He, like, as he does the neckbreaker, like, well, does like a 360 or something while he's in it. I don't know, man, but it looked fucking crazy. And uh, I don't care if it looked like it hurt or not. It looked cool, and that's all that matters to me. God damn it. So, yeah, this this match is is gnarly, man. I loved it. What do you think? Um, so I don't have detailed notes on this, but this match is fantastic. You know, it's, it's really fun to see, you know, uh, it's not a re-debut. I mean, we've seen him quite a few times now, but Shota Umina in this situation, the ending is there's a tiger bomb and it's like the scariest tiger bomb you've ever seen. It's more like a tiger driver. Cause like, Will like lands on top of him. It is yeah. crazy. And like, I was... I was expecting Will Ospreay to get screwed here somehow or or that, you know, because they've always all oh, the refs, they hate him. Remember, they screwed him over. Remember, they did the thing and they sure did. And like, you know, they kept saying that on commentary and I was like, OK, just stop trying to tell us what you think is going to happen. I hate I do not like that. Commentary does that too much in New Japan where they try to they try to outsmart the match. And it's like, listen, <laughs> just tell us what is happening let us smart to try to outsmart the match. That's our job, you know, not yours. So anyway, um, but I, I enjoyed this quite a bit. Um, it's like, so shooters, like his, um, excuse me, his um, style is like new Japan, but it's like flippy heavyweight stuff too. What, excuse me, that's Will's style. And so this is like a flippy heavyweight match and it's really cool. And it's interesting to see like okay so we're going to see a little more of that with suji later i can't wait to see what abushi is going to do up against guys like this because there's a lot more flippy guys in the heavyweight division now or got you know elp we got yeah. will we got these guys moving up doing some of the flippy shit so it's interesting that's becoming more of an acceptable part of the heavyweight division and what's abushi gonna do what's he gonna do luke win probably yeah probably that's that's usually what he does <laughs> but yeah so you know ref stoppage from dead from dad and uh so yeah i can just I like, imagine it yeah. now shooter shooter has his own main event ref and uh it is chumpy come on yeah yeah he's he goes with chumpy chumpy starts coming out with him you know and like his dad's all jealous and he's he's heartbroken we get like scenes of of uh red shoes at the bar just pounding beers all sad and then but here's what happens then red shoes adopts like the new giant red young lion right and oh that's his, that's his real son fuck you shooter you know there we go battle battle of the refs and sons and then we get we get Nick Patrick versus um you know Pee Wee like from fucking WCW. It's Chumpy versus Red Shoes. And <laughs> the whole thing is just count outs because every time they try to hit each other, they both just fall down and crumple into a heap. I mean, Chumpy does his little dives and stuff, but he still crumples in a heap as soon as he gets hit. By the way, One, that 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 two. old WCW rule. Of being DQ'd if you throw someone over the top rope. Right, the dumbest Bill. rule in wrestling. That is so dumb. Well, I'm gonna show these these uh flippy guys that they can't do that in my WCW. You know, it's so funny too because they never the, rescinded the that hire rule. Yeah, they never. Well, Bill Watts didn't hire him. That's why. So, uh. Uh, 
after after years of that rule, they still hadn't like even in the late 90s, they hadn't rescinded that rule. And so every once in a while, something will happen where someone will get thrown over the top rope and and Tony Schiavone will be like, oh, it was his momentum that took him over. So it's, that's why it's not a DQ. And it's like no one's asking. Yeah. Just let it go. You know. Yeah. No one cares about that rule. Just let, let us see the cool flips. Like, just shut up. Speaking of cool things. Like uh, we've been told that the, 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 this match coming up would be on the good side, Mr. Andy. And in fact, I think people told us it was the best thing ever. See, a, a tag team title match. It's Aussie Open versus FTR for the IWGP World Heavyweight Titles. There's a lot of gold in on display here, so I thought I'd better differentiate. There's heaps of fucking gold out there, Jesus. So take us through it. Miss Dandy, what do you think of uh, this tag team title match? So I'm watching this and I'm like, how am I going to cover this? Because it's all the moves. Yeah. It's all the drama. It's all the hype. It's everything. And I'm like, well, why don't I just start halfway through? Because it's like, I, you know, so much happens in this match. So let's just start halfway through when mustache face starts bleeding. Okay. So we got FTR mustache face is bleeding a bunch. All right. He had gotten That's chopped. Solid. To that guy so he will be mustache and other guy will be right. um what is he he is uh mo uh mullet no be he's beard okay so beard and mustache so mustache he gets chopped and his like his like chest gets opened up by a chop so he's bleeding from the chest blood's getting all over the place and then he gets his head cut open on like the outside right so so that's kind of set the scene. You know, the crowd's going nuts. The crowd is standing for a large portion of this match. It's about as hyped as a crowd could be. So all 2,100 of them. And uh, FTR, <laughs> they, it, there's this big part where they build up to FTR trying to do the power glory finisher, which is a fantastic finisher. It's a fucking superplex off one corner and a splash coming off the other corner. Boom, boom. Right. Tremendous move and power and glory, you know, tremendous tag team. So uh, but the Aussies stop it and they try uh, their own. Right. Uh, but knees up for mustache. There's a spike pile driver on Dunkzilla, which I'm so glad they're calling him Dunkzilla now. Thank you. And uh, a yeah, huge cool. save from Fletcher. All of these like double downs, all of these like near falls it just the crowd is going nuts. So the crowd's on their feet for this double down Aussie open. They play tug of war over one of the titles. And some shenanigans let uh, Aussie Open hit Beard with the title. It's not it's kind of not what they're trying to do, too. So, you know, it's kind of like they're not like I said, we never uh, United Empire doesn't really cheat. They just they're just highly skilled. Right. So and they're assholes. So they get uh, to do some of their insane tandem moves, which is great. And Great Ocon is ringside and he can't believe it when uh, when Beard is like about to tap out. Beard comes back with a gory bomb for two on Fletcher. Dunkzilla line tags <laughs> in and he's bleeding. And now he's bleeding, right? So it's great. And there's a Bouye spot that's amazing. Uh, Luke's favorite, the double submission, only this time it's double sharpshooters. What'd you think of that? You like that? Uh, yeah, that was my favorite part, especially when Kyle Fletcher looks at Dunkzilla, who's, who's got blood running all the way down his face. He's about to tap out from the sharpshooter. So rather than, I don't know, trying to push uh, Cash Wheeler off, sorry, Beard, or, or, or grab his hand, or grab, you know, Dunkzilla's hand or something, 
Then he reaches back and he just smacks his own partner in the face. Just, <laughs> just see Dugzilla just like fire up and he's like, and he makes the motion <laughs> shit. That was super fucking cool. I really like that. Yeah, that part was tremendous. And it's interesting. After that slap, Dunkzilla's a little slow moving. Like, hey, that blow I took to the head that made my head explode and bleed all over the place, maybe that's got me a little slowed down. That was like the only part of the match where I was like, oh, are you okay? Uh, there's a shatter machine from Aussie Open, and it's real bad, but it doesn't matter. And But Fletcher gets pushed on the pile for that. You know, we have to do the push on the pile spot. Uh, there's a double bouillé spot that turns into tandem lariats from Aussie Open, but then Shatter Machine on Dunkzilla for the win. I like this match a lot. I don't. This isn't the best tag match I've ever seen. You know what I mean? I And, like, this is not a Japanese-style tag match. You know what I mean? It's an no. indie AEW slash indie wrestling tag match. When I watched this, it inspired me to go watch another match. And uh, I went and watched uh, The Revival versus American Alpha from NXT Dallas, um, the takeover. And this is the same match. I mean, it's like they've been doing – and listen, I'm not talking shit. I'm saying – I'm just making a point. This is a tremendous match. Don't get me wrong. I saw this live a million times between those guys. And DIY stepped in. There was all these kind of amazing tag matches. But that's kind of where this specific match step-for-step step was born. And they did that same thing. Here we are, you know, seven years ago, five years ago, however long it is. But uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I don't think it's the best thing ever. The blood definitely added something to it. And these guys, you know, they went maybe maybe harder than you want to see guys go. Just saying, you know. Yeah, I also feel like that's probably Aussie Open's decision too. Like a uh, wrestling FTR, there's a lot of eyes on this match. Uh, <laughs> we get, we're gonna have to bring it. So yeah, I can see a bit of that. Um, as much as I really, really enjoyed that tag match, I, I think my favorite matches were on night two, maybe Ishii and Yoda or Zack Sabre Jr. and Io. I really love those matches. Yeah, there's like one singles match or two singles matches on that whole show, and uh, you know, made it feel very house showy, you know, which is fine, you know. Yeah, it was a good show. Glad, glad we watched it. Uh, we watched it together. It was a good time, and it, <laughs> especially the last two matches, that was that was that was the fucking gold. Yeah. Uh, Shooter yeah. and uh, Willie Goat versus Aussie Open and FTR. So yeah. So uh, I, I, I'm glad we've got a tag team like Aussie Open in New Japan. We need some more tag teams and stuff. So yeah. Yeah, and having seen Dunkzilla now up against guys like FTR, man, you're right. Like the the Aussie Open is gonna be heavyweight tag team soon makes yeah. sense their dunk sale yeah. is humongous so, <laughs> he's so oh, big yeah, he, I, he seemed like he was the star of the tag team too you know what i mean like he really got a lot of shit even though he got pinned in this match he got a ton of shit and he got a ton of shit in the next one too and it was like man he must be the guy you know but i mean we know he's the guy yeah yeah he's he's the guy i knew first i guess so yeah I don't know. I love Mason Dunkzilla. Glad he's getting over. Glad he's having awesome tag matches with, you know, the, one of the best tag teams in the world. It's awesome. Fuck yeah. CLC. <clears throat> Yay. Anyway, before we go on with night two of a Royal Q, Mr. Andy, he went 
to an AEW show. And he's told me a little bit about some things here and there, just by chit-chat, and because I was watching live as well while, while uh, you were at the event. So, yeah, tell us all about it, Mr. Andy, your fucking experience going to... This is your second AEW show. And I'll just start say, question first, did you like this experience more than the first AEW live show you went to? I did, very much so. I was trying to think of why, and there's two main reasons. One is a friend gave me the ticket, so, you know, I didn't have to pay for that. And I somehow <laughs> found parking right next to the venue for $5, which is fucking unheard of. I don't know how I did that. So I got out of there for nothing, basically. I didn't give AEW any of my money. I paid for my buddy's dinner and his beers. That's it. So I was pretty excited about that part. And then <laughs> it was just like my buddy Dean came with us. And it was like one of those things where, like, it was just like a magical evening, like where we sit down in this row of seats and all of a sudden we see some people we know and they're like, Oh, we're sitting right next to you. And it's like people that um, like indie wrestling fans from the area that I have been through it with, you know what I mean? That we have seen amazing and terrible things together all through the years. And it was really fun. They're also some of the most obnoxious and loud fans in the state. So that was fun because they're always fun to sit near, you know, because they're going to be psychopaths with the screaming and stuff. So you that means I didn't have to clap or anything. I just sat there and watched the show. So here are some highlights. Um, <laughs> it was great to see them. And like, I guess to kind of, you know, go right into that part is that we got to see Sheeta versus Tony Storm, right? Now, if you watch that show, you will hear dueling Sheeta and Tony Storm chants. And that was started by those guys that were sitting right next to us, right? And there was a guy behind us who was cheering for Sheeta. The other guys were cheering for Storm. I got to give it to the guys that were sitting next to us. Yes, of course. But this guy sitting behind us said, let's go Sheeta the whole match. The whole match. And like he stopped for a brief moment and the crowd like all, you know, gave themselves like a great round of applause. But that guy, he really likes Sheeta. I mean, more than me, which is hard. I mean, that's hard, you know, because I it was really you, wasn't it? Sheeta. It was you no, saying no. that the whole time. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to talk right now if that was the case. So because um, that guy <laughs> probably had a real bad day the next day. So, anyway, But uh, that match was fun. I, you know, honestly, we weren't like super close. So I wasn't like, I don't know, the wrestling itself wasn't really like what I was there for. I was there for the atmosphere. But the other reason why I like this show so much is because it was only three hours. We got there for the dark elevation and then Dynamite was live. And then as soon as 10 o'clock or whatever time it is, it's over. I was out and I was literally in bed a half hour after the show stopped. And I was like, man, the last time I went, it was like five plus hours long and i didn't want to watch wrestling ever again i was like i don't <laughs> so this was much better um you know one of the big highlights a buddy of mine you know i knew a bunch of people that were going to be on dark elevation and uh, some of them i was happy to see uh in particular my buddy lord crew he wrestled matt hardy and we were like oh my god i i messaged him i was like who, who you got you know and he's like uh he just sent me he's like uh, i can't tell you he's like he's like just wait just wait <laughs> and it was matt hardy and i was like oh my god so that was so cool i you know it's funny if you never you know lord crew is gonna make it in wrestling he's gonna get signed it's just a matter of time it's like 
but let's say somebody doesn't make it in wrestling. At least you have these amazing moments. You got to wrestle Matt yeah. Hardy and cause him all kinds of issues and stuff. And I don't know. He got to take the the twist of fate from Matt Hardy. Amazing. So that was great. <laughs> um, obviously, we had the big downer ending of the Adam Page injury, which uh, was just kind of a strange fluke thing, you know? Um, I don't have a hot take on it or anything, but the really the thing that was kind of the biggest part of the night that was shocking uh amazing incredible and long and that was part of the reason it was shocking is the mjf slash regal promo that we opened the show with um it's i mean obviously this is part of turning you know uh maxwell jacob freedom freeman um face and like you know i have a long history with him and so this was all very meaningful for me just on you know a surface level of wrestling but it was also deeply meaningful for me for my history with him and like oh my god that was like i mean it doesn't really get much better than that and like that was one of those things where everybody like had goosebumps you know what i mean like what how did that come off on tv and you know i don't know i thought that was one of the best promos i've ever seen live it was fantastic it came off amazing uh just watching it off the tv the crowd was reacting to it and i think one thing that impressed me i'm like all right all right it's regal center talk the crowd's just like they're booing him straight away because of all the things mjf said they're just fucking booing him and then in in, in the span of like a minute they're cheering for regal again somehow or they're booing something he says, then he gets them back on side, and it, and it was just magic. And there was no, <laughs> no wrestling. It was just a promo for about 20 minutes between the all. I don't know how long it was, but it felt long, but it felt long in a good way, I guess. That's what I'll say. It was great. I it was. It was like 25 yeah. minutes long or something. It didn't seem like it, but it was like. I'm like, I'm not watching the clock, but I'm feeling the time as it goes like, oh, my God, this is really, really long, you know, and I don't know. I thought it was fantastic. Regal, you know, it's like a great debate, you know, uh, it's Cicero versus Catiline, you know, and and it's like somebody makes their case and you're like, well, there's a just wrap it up. Might as well just, uh, you know, lock the door, throw away the key. That's a closed case. But then Regal gets on the mic. And he makes some great points too. And it's like, oh my God, no, he's right. He's right. Yeah, he's definitely right. And then they go back and forth and you're like, oh my gosh, that's so neat. I love that. Fantastic oration from these gentlemen. Yep. And that uh, injury from uh, Hangman, it just looked like he took a he took a Larry and just landed weird or something. So I don't think it was anything with extra stank on it or anything like that. It was just one of those things that happen sometimes it happens in wrestling that someone just gets hurt from uh yeah, it was regular moment. amount of stank it was the regular amount of stank i could smell it all right so aew was fun it was good to go and easy and simple like i said in bed by 10 30 oh man what the, that's the dream that's the dream so that was amazing shout out to uh will uh weapon x man for giving me a ticket and inviting me to go it was a great time i got to see him twice this week that doesn't happen uh i yeah have, uh, wow it's awesome that you saw him twice i have no idea 
<laughs> friend of mine, he lives like two hours away, and I got to see him twice this week, and that's, that's uh, a that's rare right. occasion. So you were complaining about friends living two hours away, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> I live two hours away I mean, from most of my friends. On that note, go to night two of uh, Royal Quest for a Prime Minister, because they can't do that. <laughs> that's that's not a royal quest. That's a quest of the people. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't seem to be. It seems to be the conservative part of it. It's keep now. Yeah, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I'm sure Reno wants to hear all 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 my hot takes on. English oh, politics. we are very educated on the the you know British politics. I know all of the the Tories and the and the uh, Greens or something. Yeah, they they. Anyway, we start off. <laughs> With this match, it's Robbie X and Michael Oku versus El Desperado and Doki. Doki. I really liked this opener. This set the pace for for the night, set the energy. El Desperado and especially Doki bump like maniacs for both Robbie X and Michael Oku, which is what you want. You want the stars that people paid to see, probably more than those, those two guys to, I don't know. Make the two uh, English guys look good because it's not just for the crowd. It's like all the people watching at home. These they, we're getting exposed to these new guys as well. So it's pretty cool. And uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I really liked it. And El Desperado does that pin thing he, he does to uh, Robbie. X. <laughs> yeah, right in the middle of that match, it got quiet, and I heard some British guy go, "Come on, Doki." Like <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. Uh, come on, Doki. So, yeah, it was like, oh, come on, Doki. You know, it was more a Cockney guy, you know. Shine your boots, Doki. <laughs> chim chimney, chim chimney, chim chim cherry, you know. Uh, uh. <laughs> so uh, n- next we had the Young Guns, Luke Jacob and Ethan Allen versus Hiromu and Sonata. And Sonata and Allen, they wrestle to a stalemate and Sonata offers a hand, but it's a trick. So Hiromu wrestles Jacobs. Hiromu does comedy chops. Like he, he Jacobs is the bigger guy of this tag team. And so, you know, Hiromu's like running up, getting chopped, going, oh my God. And then later on, he like would throw that in, you know, every once in a while. It was great. So LIJ take over. They do hilarious double axe handles to work over the good guys or the bad guys or whoever they are. Uh, there's a double paradise lock. That's embarrassing. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Jacob's hot tag and he does all kinds of suplexes to Hiromu and I don't like that but uh, then Hiromu gets a suplex on him I do like that unintentional low blow from Sonata and Sonata kicks out of the doomsday device it's, it's unintentional I, I'm more concerned about how Sonata kicked out of the doomsday device if someone is doing the doomsday device in a match you don't kick out of that you don't, somebody breaks that pin up. If you got it, if that has to be a false finish, then break that pin up because my God, you can't be kicking Damn out. Damn it, Sonata. So, come on. So, and then there's a roll into Skull End, which is a really cool setup. And Allen taps out. So the British guys in this match, they're like generic white British guys, but they're like British strong style type dudes. And they were good. They really like had that kind of Japanese style a little bit, especially the bigger guy. Yeah, Jacobs, uh, the barrel chested one. Uh, I really liked him. He did some pretty gnarly look at suplexes and some great chops too. So yeah, wouldn't mind seeing more. And next we have 
Oh boy. Oh god. We have Jazzy versus Ava White. Yeah. And <clears throat> yeah, this match. Look, it's Jazzy hits this gnarly looking pile driver thing and it looks great. I I'm into Jazzy, she's cool. Then Ava decides she wants to do a power move as well. And <laughs> just botches a power bomb and drops Jazzy on her poor fucking head. And I'm like, if Ava fucking wins this match now, I'll be so freaking pissed off because, man, that was just... I was worried for Jazzy that it fucked up. Thankfully, Jazzy wins, though, with an Anoki Plex. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> this is scary, right? Oh, my God. A couple, couple scary parts of this match, which made it awesome. It's like one of those matches where you watch it and go, oh, this is no good. But then, like, it's awesome. And I don't know if you caught this, Luke. This is a little off subject, but I can't believe this happened. So commentary is talking about how Ava White is new. Oh, she's new. I, she doesn't even have a cage match on, on the Internet. There's nothing about her, really. So, I, you know, I'm assuming she's probably only been wrestling for a year or you know, around that time. It's kind of clear. You know, she's got a great look or whatever, but she's – real bad and like you know charlton can't just let it go so he's about to like he's talking about how she's new and how maybe that's why she's not so good kind of and then he's like about to bury master Watto. he's like just like master Watto, and kevin cuts him off all right and then they just kind of drop it <laughs> he was about to compare master Watto to ava white what the hell man I don't understand what their issue is with Master Water, but I don't know. Maybe it's a thread that's running through the Japanese commentary as well. But all I know is I don't like it if oh. if you if you bury people, it makes them look bad, and then the people watching them think they're bad and they're boring and they stink. Yes. They stop doing so... that because we want to like the blue haired guy. <laughs> He's having enough trouble doing it by himself. You've got to help him. Yeah, so Jazzy Gabbert, tremendous wrestler, you know, pulls something decent out of Ava White here. But, man, I just – the screaming with Ava White, oh, it – they keep saying she's a dancer. And it's like, that's cool, man. But, like, what's – you know, you need to, like, focus on the toughness of dancers. And, like, that's – you know, it's not easy, that kind of thing, you know. What so, kind of dancing do you do when you're screaming? Or, never mind. Okay. I don't know. The screaming's bad, dude. And the, the like – so, you know, when when people have long hair, right, it is like you can use that to kind of oversell stuff, right? But not on every move and not like, I don't know, man. I just, she's got a long time. And so before she's going to be on Jazzy Gabbert's level. And I'm not mad. I didn't think this match sucked. And I don't think she sucks. I just think that she's very, very young in wrestling and it's clear. So uh, this is the, uh, you know, uh, you know, veritable greener than goose shit moment here so yeah and this the only annoying thing about it is like no offense to you ava white but i would have preferred like alex winter in this spot like yeah anyone else yeah um but luke we did get a look at that title this week right and uh and then and then i have a prediction what did you think of the new uh iwgp women's championship I think it looks good, but it's a little tiny. Why, why do ladies always have to have tiny belts? Because they're tiny? I don't know. 
Jazzy Gabbard's not tiny. So here's my prediction, all right? And and I mean, maybe see, maybe no. We'll see what happens. But uh, Jazzy Gabbard, she wins that title at Wrestle Kingdom, all right? And she joins United Empire. Ooh. Right? Hey, that'd be pretty cool. Makes a lot of sense, you know? So she, She'd have to dye everything green, but, you know, that should be right. <laughs> well... You know, I'm just doesn't she make sense like a, she's highly skilled. She's not like cheating. She's going to be over as a face when she doesn't want to be. I think that's the perfect person to, to kind of travel the world as a female and represent United Empire. Just my opinion. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I'd yeah. definitely get behind that. Hey, you, All right. You, <laughs> you got this yeah. next one. So it is Ricky Knight Jr. Jr. Gabe Pitt Sr. Sr. <laughs> FTR, Shota Umina versus Will Ospreay, Great O'Conn, Aussie Open, and Lord Agideon Agray. And so I figured something out here, all right? And I don't, it was like tickling my brain. And it was like, why does this exist? And why is it so uh, FTR's music, right? I'm like, man, it sounds so familiar. And it doesn't sound anything like some tough tag teams uh, music, right? I mean, it's, you said you don't like it. And I get it uh because it kind of it's like an 80s you know like keyboard song it just doesn't really sound like them so this is a sound alike of the midnight express theme that's what this is that's the the midnight express theme so it's the same thing it's the same keyboard sounds and everything it's just it just sounds kind of like it which is very wcw of you aew so um (laughs) This match is obviously fantastic. We get to see all the fast-paced wrestling you want to see from those guys that do that. And then we get to see the strong stuff from the strong guys and some mix of both. Gideon gets to do all kinds of dumb comedy stuff, and I love it. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. You know, this is what this guy's character is because we really don't know that much about him, you know? And it was fun. Like, he really seemed to understand that he's the butt of the joke and did a great job at that. So, uh, Great Ocon tags in. He's super over and does all his cool shit. And I'm like, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's dopey. So when oh. it's Great Ocon, it's yeah. So yeah. he's a my own. They yeah, all start. My own. My own. My own. All right, there, there's a very, very never chop exchange between Kid and Dunkzilla. I like it. Uh, Ricky Knight Jr. Jr. is in, and he's got beef with Ocon, and they like have a match coming up in December, which I already knew that. So uh, Kevin Kelly on Ricky Knight. Here's uh, Ricky Knight Jr. Jr. He's not just fighting with his family, Chris. No, oh, that's that's very subtle. Everybody in the pool, shooters on fire. And uh, Gideon Gray gets his, like, sweet shin music, which is awesome, on Shooter. (laughs) And Shooter's like, what the fuck is happening? But Eliminator on uh, the champ, Ricky Jr. Jr., after some help from Gideon Gray. So I guess that's what set up Greg O'Conn's match versus Jr. Jr. There you go. And then, uh, obviously, you have uh, Greg O'Conn winning because it's Greg O'Conn and he's the best. Yeah, this match was awesome fun, super fast-paced, action-packed, and it's one of those tag matches where, like, everyone involved in it, you got to see them have a pretty good section of the match. I know there's some tag matches we watch where it's like, 
Yeah, well, Homer did all the work, and Maccabi just stood on the fucking apron for 10 minutes, and then... Double clothesline. <laughs> double clothesline, ha, 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 getting fucked off. No, everyone got to do some cool shit, and it showed it was awesome. At the end, Great Khan's getting cheered, and he tells the peasants to shut up. <laughs> As he <laughs> Which should. Is amazing. It's up to them. It's up to him. If he wants them to cheer, they will. They can cheer. If he doesn't want them to, then they shouldn't. <laughs> it was just amazing. I think they... They did shut up too, which is even funnier. Really? All hail. And next you, got... <laughs> He was he, he he knew to stay silent. Absolutely. All hail. And next we have he was Kevin kissing yeah. he was kissing boots. Like he was kissing every boot he could see. He was just like he was just like sit, person sitting next to him, he's just like, I have to kiss this boot. Okay, I did know not know about Renault's uh, boot kissing. Well, that's what that's what Great O'Connor always gets his opponent. He tries to get him that's to true. kick his kiss his boot. So like you know, Renault loves him hat. so much, he's just kissing any boot in sight. So that's why the joke was supposed to be funny. You want to kiss Great O'Connor's hat? I do. You do. <laughs> All right, it is Hiroshi Tanahashi, Jado, and Hikaleo with Tamatonga. Oh no, 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 he's in the match. Versus, there's too many people. The Good Brothers, Jay White and Gato. Look, this is a fun match, but it's like it's pretty much the same as the previous night, except this time there's a gun stunt on Luke Gallows. Uh, after the match, Jay and Carl kind of sneak back in to try to do finishes, but it's very house showy because Hikaleo and uh, Tamatonka get their finishes on the other two guys, and then they hold up the belts like, yeah, we're going to win these. I'm like, mm, no, you're not. No, you're not. So, uh, yeah. I uh, There's two interesting things about this match. One was that um, it was confusing, like you said, because Gato and Jado were managers in this match. They didn't wrestle. So it was like, but I, it was oh, hard. Oh, that's to, right. Yeah. So they were just like, which was confusing because they wrestled the night before. It's like, why not? Just go ahead and have them in there. But whatever. Um, and commentary that got bored and started taking odds on ref versus ref in this match. And uh, one other thing that was pretty funny is that uh, Gallows, like, knocks Tanahashi out of the ring, and he just yells, fuck you, Tanahashi! And the crowd loved that. They thought that was so funny, which I, <laughs> I did too. So, okay, now, listen. The the two matches after this, I liked better. However, I can't really describe to you how much I like Okada versus Big Teats. This yes! match was fucking tremendous it was so good and like like if i let's say i you know you have a friend who's like what's japanese wrestling all about man show them this this is like a, a an entry level okada match where it's like fantastic and you get to see what okada is all about without the like 20 minutes of selling you know what i mean yeah. it's like a sped up version of the okada match and i loved it they get right to the back and forth like rhythm of of no of near falls that's just like what they there's like i don't know two minutes and then boom they're right into that so you kind of skip the whole getting out of the ring and selling and then doing a guardrail spot you skip all that part of the of the okada match and get right to the like you know the kind of magic time so it's great everything looks amazing in this match like all the all the moves look great uh big teats is crushing it and it's the only problem with this match is, well, maybe this isn't a problem. Maybe this is the way you want things to be more often is that Okada just wins with no problem at all. Like <laughs> big teats is not a problem for him. 
there was no point where you thought maybe Big Deets was going to win. Yeah. They didn't do that. It was just basically Okada winning. This is the Japanese version of a squash match with Okada. And um, interesting thing, too, Big Teets didn't try to heal out on Okada and try to injure him to soften him up for Jonah because this is before that match, you know, and um, I like that. It's another like one of these like, hey, listen, I don't need to do that. I'm fucking I'm a bad guy, but I'm a bad guy because I don't like you. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Not because I'm I'm cheating. And I guess everybody, you know, the uh, House of Torture has the like fucking monopoly on cheating right now, which is fine. Yeah. So, um, but the match is just really solid. Like I said, and it would it would absolutely be one I would recommend to somebody if they're like, what's Okada all about? Show them this. They'll they'll get it. It's short. It's good. And bad dude Tito is slowly but surely making fans out of everybody. Uh, you know, I can see maybe in a couple more years he'll have a match that maybe goes to 20 minutes with Okada. Yeah. <laughs> he crushed but, it, man. Yeah, he did. I think he's, I think he's crushed like everything they've, they've given him, and uh, I think they they're impressed enough to keep inviting him back. So, yeah, I like I like the name <laughs> too, Bad Dude Tito. Big Teats. Can... There was Big Teats chance, you know, and yep. uh, you know, it's pretty good. And dude, our next match is Tomohiro Ishii versus Yoda Suji. And I, th- I, th- I thought I-, I thought this match was great. Like I think there's still some kinks that maybe Yoda Suji needs to work out, but I can look over those because the the whole package was just like so well done. And Ishii's like the perfect guy to make a you know a young lion or a young lion in excursion or something look good and showcase what they have because. I just imagine backstage, Yoda Suji must have been nervous and Ishii just saying, like, don't worry, dude, you can do all the moves on me. Really? I'm going to kick your ass, but, yeah, you can do all the moves on me. Okay. And he does all the moves on him. Not only that, like, there's this, these, these, he takes me by surprise a few times, Yoda Suji. Like, he'll, he's doing a kick to the back and then a chop, a kick to the back, a chop. The crowd wants him to do it again. And he just smiles and then kicks Ishii in the head and then switches it up and does, starts doing other shit. He's like, no, no, no. This is this is what I'm doing. I'm not doing this for you. I'm going to beat Ishii. You know, I'm going to switch it up. It was really cool. And he has this kind of mix of, like, suplexes and strikes and things he can do. But then, then he'll break out some, like, uh, Kenny Omega or Ibushi-level kind of knee strikes just from a standing position and shit, too. It was really cool. Now, yeah, as I said, yeah, he, he needs a little bit more time maybe, but if this is the Yoda Suji we got now, I'm like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like Ishii was also totally game for whatever Yoda needed to try to kind of like go, he, hey, here's what I can do. This is what I, who I am now. And it, it just shined like that. And you get to see that Yoda does a little bit of everything. And uh, I'm interested to see more. But uh, Ishii, of course, wins with the uh, with the Brain Buster. Oh, it was great. Absolutely loved yeah. it. Yeah. What do you think? Tell me about his character. What do you think it is? He's like a traditional samurai character or something like that? Or is he trying to be like a ronin or something? Like, I don't know. It's very Japanese, definitely. But... What about the facial expressions? I mean, like, to me, that was one of the most interesting parts because he is smiling a lot. And it's that, like, it's that 
he's a heel, but he thinks he's the face smile. That's what it is. You know what yeah. I mean? And and I love that character. I hope that's what this is to some extent. Um, it just seems to me that this he was heel in this match, but he was like, no, I'm I'm the good guy. You see, you know, that's kind of how he seemed to me. Uh, it's interesting, too, because like he has this traditional like, you know, like toga looking thing he's wearing, which is it's a kimono or something like that. It's like this wrap that like shows just half his chest when he takes it off. He's wearing modern like flippy guy pants with kick pads. <laughs> Which yeah, is, is, I found that to be very interesting as well. Almost like I'm not what I appear, you know, kind of thing. Like, oh, look at me. I am traditional and happy. I love the Japanese people. And then underneath, he's like flippy guy that, you know, is not what you expect. So I, I was really interested in that. He did a Fosbury flop under the floor, which was like, what? So... He surprised me at one point by doing a Hurricane Runner on Ishii yeah. as well like what and uh he also did an alabama slam yeah, which made me really happy i love that move it's so scary and uh i just i really enjoyed this I and i thought this is a, this is a great Sorry. like no debut like re-debut or whatever i mean I, it doesn't get much better than this does it i mean as far as like here's a guy we haven't seen for a while what's he all about because not only do like I get what he's about in that match, but I have a lot of questions and I want to know. So that yeah. was perfect. I want to say what I have. Oh, I want to say more of it. Uh, yeah. Br bring him back. I don't know. Bring him back now. They, they want a lot more young guys. So I can see Yoda Suji coming back very soon. Yeah, man. I hope so. He, he I mean, looks I, like he, I can just imagine right now Yoda Suji and Shuda Umino are going to have it. But put, to put them in different factions, please. These they've had. Guys. A few matches at Rep Pro, like that was their main feud. I think in Rep Pro is against each other. So I, yeah. I'm, I think it'd be cool if they tagged in World Tag League, you know, or uh, that'd be an easy way to bring some of these characters in and like ease them in while, you know, making World Tag League something that I can swallow, you know. So that, that's <laughs> I'm trying to try in here. So anyway, all right, Luke, this is the match that you were looking forward to the most here. Did it live up to expectations? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. It was hey, so, Naito. Hey, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I love this Naito match. It's great. Yeah. Yep. So you were really looking forward to this. I know it got spoiled for you, but let me tell you about it here. So uh, we had Zach come out in his gold G1 gear, and he is fucking pissed and screaming at everybody. He has like 100 one-liners during this match that are just fantastic. You need to tell me about some of those. Uh, I didn't, I didn't really hear too many, but uh, maybe because of the, the crowds or something like that. You, you must have watched this with your headphones on or something. I did. But there you go. You got that other thing. But I do like the uh, Naito takes his shirt off and someone in the crowd's like, <laughs> you know, the cat call whistle. And uh, Zach Savage is like, that was for me. That's me. That's mine. They did it for me. Well, I'll tell you like about that. Calling the I'll ref a fuck. Get over here, ref, you fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's awesome. a dickhead. Um, <laughs> and it's pretty great. So Naito's entrance takes like five minutes. And he walks up to the ring, and there's no ring steps like in New Japan. So he just grabs a chair, <laughs> makes his own, you know. He, take, he plays hokey pokey forever. It's awesome. It, he does all this silly shit, and, like, they finally start wrestling. Naito does this whole tranquilo, you know, routine. And Zack Sabre gets mad. 
and uh, has a fit and throws the the barricades all over the place. <laughs> oh man, that was oh my funny. god! I love him throwing a fit. He didn't like put chairs around him and walk around the chairs on him, but maybe next time. So uh, that was really fun. Um, and Nido cheers for Zack Sabre Jr. and leads songs about him. Your favorite song, in fact. Um, <laughs> oh, Zack Sabre Jr. And Nido cheers for Outside. It doesn't even. With, it doesn't uh, with, fit. He's, he's got his arm around like uh, Zack Sabre Jr. headlock or something, just walking around with his other arm upraised, <laughs> going, Oh, Zack Sabre Jr. It was hilarious. Yeah. Just anything to kind of piss Zack Sabre Jr. off. Like, uh, after you finish, man, I'll tell you my favorite part of this match. <laughs> well, he, Zack Sabre Jr. does his own tranquilo, right? Where he hits the ropes like he's going to do a dive. And then he just kind of falls down like you or I would and rolls over. And he's like, oh, here I am, tranquilo. That shit was amazing. I love it. Um, he finally gets a hold of Nido and twists him up in all kinds of Canadian-style knots through the ropes, which is awesome. Uh, they wrestle tremendous match. It's brutal, strong style wrestling mixed with the hilarious comedy stuff. Nido won't let go of the leg scissor holds and the crowd sings to red shoes for handling the situation. And then we get <laughs> dragon screw arm whips, which is yes. like, okay. That was cool. Um, you know, and then a DDT gets, it gets countered by surprise dickhead. You know, there was a lot of that where it's like, you know, you just, Right before Zack Sabre Jr. does a move, you just hear him say, dickhead. Or he'd say, like, fuck you. Or he'd say, like, surprise, dickhead. It was just great little <laughs> stuff like that. Um, but then Nido's like, oh, would you like to see my elbow? Would you like to see it again? And uh, oh he God. fucking hits so many elbows on him. He does and the Super Rana. He starts playing the hits. This is nasty Valencia. And he goes for Testino. But no, Zack Driver, Luke. Zack Driver. Oh, yeah. We never see it, but he, he can't get the pin. Off. I couldn't believe it. And then there's a cool Bouillet spot. There's a crazy pin. Um, that that crazy pin that Zack Sabre Jr.'s you know beat Nido at the you know, baseball stadium, and uh, Nido gets out, but Zack Sabre Jr. wraps him up again. He starts doing all kinds of bonkers, crazy holds, and then there's a rope break. PK for a near fall, as we uh, call. We hear 20 minutes gone called, and then there's a Zack driver, but no, it's countered into Destino. Dragon suplex, but two more Destinos and Naito wins. Fucking awesome match. I love how this match manages to balance comedy with hard-hitting, gnarly-looking shit, and it just works. Like, this this match had me both laughing and going, oh, holy crap. Especially some of those elbows, those elbow strikes from Naito. (laughs) My favorite part of this match is, you know that part where... Naito's got him in the submission hold, like on his arm. We're tying his uh, Zack Sabre Jr.'s arms up. Zack Sabre Jr.'s in the ropes. And he's like, Ref, get over here, you dickhead. You know, to break it up because Naito's being too slow. Naito's getting revenge because uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is doing the Tai Chi thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll release the hold. But he raises his arms, but his legs are doing the hold. <laughs> so Naito gets a bit of that. Anyway, Zack Sabre Jr. And, and Naito, they disentangle themselves and Zack Sabre Jr. sits in the corner, and as he's sitting in the corner recovering, Naito just scoots over with this little shitty grin and just gives him shitty kicks to the face. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> and I just burst out laughing, and I'm like, you are a fucking asshole, aren't you, Naito? <laughs> Man, he's the kind of person I would, like, 
I'd, 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 I'd watch him play video games, but I'd never play video games with him because he's probably like a, a troll that would like, they were supposed to cooperate to pass this mission. Yeah, I'm just going to fuck around. Yeah. Man. Or he'd just mash buttons in a fighting game and beat you, even though you'd been mastering, trying to master all the movesets. I mean, the jump kick is a legitimate move. Just because I'm your Ryu and I'm beating you with Ken over and over again with the drop kick, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> maybe you should learn how to defend against it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, this <laughs> this match is great, though. Uh, no one pisses off Zack Sabre Jr. quite like Naito. And Zack Sabre Jr. has some pretty killer chemistry with all three of uh, LIJ's heavy guys. So uh, I always look forward to him wrestling Sonata, Shingo, or Tetsuya Naito because they're always amazing. And he seems to have his own kind of unique story with all three men. So fuck yeah. Which also always leads to lots of Suzuki Goon versus LIJ tag matches too, which is just, you know, when you watch a million New Japan shows, <laughs> sure, you see the same matches a lot, but some of them are just like, wrapping yourself up in a nice blanket and just being like, yeah, yeah, I could definitely do this for like 25 minutes. Let's, all right, let's watch this. It's going to be fun. And it always is. So, yeah, Zack Sabre Jr. and Naito, I loved it. I think what it is is that it's like, it's not a warm blanket. It's Tai Chi's pants. <laughs> burn them to Miho. She hands them to you. You put them on. Yeah, they're a little sweaty, but they're warm, you know. So. <laughs> We also forgot to mention that Red Shoes was the uh, referee for Ishii versus Yoda Suji and Naito versus Zack Sabre Jr. And like you said, he gets songs sung to him, and it's funny. <laughs> I think you mentioned Red Shoes in the uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Did I? Thing. Oh, yeah. well, there you go. Double mention. All right, so next I have all of my notes done for Battle Autumn Attack Tower Night 3. I know you haven't watched mm-hmm. it yet, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm joking. We'll save it for next time. Yeah, tell me but, what happened. Uh, I don't know how to watch it. There was uh, <laughs> there was lots of wrestles. Okay, uh, that's good. Was it short? Um, it started at seven and it finished like maybe five minutes before we started recording. So, okay, I don't know. Make of that what you will. Yeah, it's like two and a half hours. Good. Yeah. Yeah, with that without entrances, that's like hour <laughs> maybe less. You know, so. At 1.5 speed, you can you can do it pretty quick. Nah, <laughs> I I can't do that. My my. I find it really are... hard. I can do it if it's Japanese commentary sometimes, but not if, not if it's English. It's too weird. No, it looks like AEW when you put it on one and a half speed. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's WWE or is that half speed? I'm... No, that's half speed. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh my goodness! All right, hey. so. Hey, I we watched an old show. Yeah, I mean, like, I watched an old show recently. Speaking of the WWE, I watched NXT uh, TakeOver Dallas, and that has the uh, Sami Zayn versus uh, Shinsuke Nakamura match when he came in. Dude, yeah. that's good. That's good. And then, you know, there's uh, Asuka versus Bailey. Those matches are awesome. Awesome. And the crowd is insane. I highly recommend people watch that. I would never recommend WWE stuff, but that stuff is fantastic. There you go. Well, that was a big part of my, yeah, I don't know. I love, I loved NXT for the longest time. And, yeah, then I just stopped watching WWE altogether. So Me too. I but I just, uh, I have Peacock for a little bit, and I was like, oh, watch this. 
And uh, I might go back and watch some more of those like old NXT shows because they're just, I don't know, they're just so good. There's five matches. If you don't like one of them, it's it's over soon. You get the next one. And I mean, for the most part, they're awesome. You know, I'm not saying anything about modern NXT because I don't watch that. But like I'm talking that like sweet spot of 2016, you know, 2017, where it was just like, it was so good. I mean, even like Enzo and what's his name, those guys all they knew how to connect with the crowd. And because it was like this new cool thing, I don't know. There's like some magic in the air with that stuff. So just that show, it was definitely magic. And I just remember, I think part of my lack of interest in my, my waning interest in NXT ended up being what happened to the wrestlers when they get called up. And yeah. I was just like, yeah, well, what's the point of getting invested in these guys anymore and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's I'm fair. Bummed you out right near the end. <laughs> no, that's that's. Fair. I don't give a fuck. I know what's going on, but that that's fair because you're right. It hurts your feelings every time somebody comes up from NXT and then you know they're just Jobber McJobby the in in two weeks after getting a big debut, you know, and it's just I don't know. Um, yeah, it gets tiring seeing everyone yeah. lose to Roman Reigns. Yeah, that's still going on. <sighs> he they ran out of people for him to lose to, and now they're using YouTube. That he's fighting YouTubers. So. Oh wow. Well, I'm on YouTube. Well. Uh, I, I challenge gets... you. Well, hmm. I might get the house of torture on my side. <laughs> See if they can turn the lights off for me and punch him in the nuts while no one's looking. <laughs> that would be so awesome. awesome. I'm gonna die. <laughs> house of torture invasion angle in WWE. Oh my god. Oh man. Yes. Would piss everybody it... off. <laughs> Yujiro. It's amazing. Oh. <laughs> Man. Yeah. All right. Dude, that would fire all of House of Torture, but they'd keep Peter. <laughs> yeah, she'd be, they'd make her wrestle in the heel. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, Mr. Andy. It's, uh, oh, man. I was like, there's no more wrestling to cover, but I'm like, I've got my notes already. Yeah, uh, we're gonna have to wait. So we'll have an episode covering more Battle Attack later this week, and then yeah, there's right. that big uh, pay-per-view next weekend, Rumble on the streets of the 40th, and uh, so we're gonna we'll watch that, and uh, we'll probably be watching that live. I will be. You know, it'll yeah. be a nice, pleasant, you know, afternoon or late morning for Luke. It'll be 8 p.m. for me, which is reasonable. 8 p.m. That's about the time most of my New Japan shows start. And anyway, uh, <laughs> in Kato, we trust. <laughs> Fuck you, Tanahashi. <laughs>